0: To be a wordsmith is defined as a person who writes, an author, a journalist, a person who commits their thoughts to paper. But I believe it is so much more. The ability to craft a story, to change lives, transport the ordinary life to an extraordinary place, to put words on paper and awaken the imagination in ways that the reader never dreamed possible. Yes. To have the ability to see what isn't there and make you see it too. To awaken the senses in new and amazing ways, like feeling a cool breeze on a hot summer day on your cheek. To smell wildflowers as they bloom. To taste a delicacy on foreign soil. To feel like you've never felt before, touching places long forgotten, connecting your soul in new ways. That's what writers do. It's my pleasure to host Carolina Writers Speak, a new podcast, a chance to hear actual writers' voices, hear what inspires them, experience their trials and their struggles, and realize that we all have a story and it's worth telling. This is Rose with Carolina Writers Speak, and we're here in Selma, North Carolina today with one of my good friends, Spook Joyner. And Spook has been a songwriter and show producer for a very long time at live at the Rudy downtown Selma. Great show. If you get a chance to come to that, you can go to their website and get tickets online. So, Spook, tell me a little bit about you and your history as a songwriter.
1: Well, Rose, it started uh, years ago. I didn't really get into the songwriting aspect until... Back in the 80s, uh, I was with a group that was actually uh, winners of the National True Value Country Showdown. And uh, we had to go to Nashville. We we're on Nashville now four or five times. We won $50,000. We were, uh, won a recording contract with CBS back then. And that started my uh, uh, adventures sh- or journey, should I say, to uh, the Nashville songwriters. And uh, back then, which was in the 80s. Mm -hmm. I'm old (laughs) (laughs) Uh, back in the 80s I was real fortunate to be around people like Doug Johnson who was a writer and who introduced me to other writers and as time went on through the last 20 or 30 years I've been real fortunate to meet and uh, actually co-written some songs with some Nashville songwriters and uh, really been producing the show here at the Rudy for the last uh, 24 years so my songwriting has kind of took a a back seat. Although I still do a little bit of that, but it's mostly co-writing. But back in the day, uh, they were just starting to look for artists that were writers. And uh, that way they killed two birds with one stone.
0: Mm
1: -hmm. Uh, Now, we did get some Mm -hmm. songs from Acuff Rose Publishing, and and the way that works is you go through a a publishing house, and you find Mm -hmm. songs. And I got two or three great stories I could tell about that, but... Uh, Back then if you got a chance to co-write with someone and in town in Nashville You would have maybe a three-hour writing session with somebody and then you'd leave and go and have another three-hour session with somebody else If you I was never that fortunate to have that many sessions, but Uh that's the way the pro writers did and uh, You know, I just learned you know the simple format which has changed a lot Uh, Country music as you know has changed a lot since the 80s, right? And I've been through that and seen that as in, uh, it's more of a popularity contest now because the songs like He Stopped Loving Her Today, uh, you don't find those songs much anymore. Right. You know, it's, uh, I call it kind of bubblegum country or rap country now, but, uh, they're still, it's still a market. And mm-hmm. It's just different than I knew. Right. And the writers are also the artists and, uh. That's the way it is today compared to back then. So that's that's kind of how I got started in it, mm-hmm. and uh, still piddle in it a little bit. I'd rather help younger artists go in the right direction, which today seems to be, um, like I said, a popularity. I think these contests on TV, the X Factor and Idol, and
0: yeah, The Voice,
1: all of that stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, to me, is is you don't really get true grit people there. You get people that are talented, uh-huh. but most of them fall by the wayside, from what I understand. Right. You know, a uh, few like Carrie Underwood. and she's been around. Of course, she's she's it. She's yeah. that. She's, she's there. for real. <laughs> and uh, so there's people like that that fall through the cracks there. But today, I understand to get a record deal, uh, if you got a following on Facebook or social media, you don't have to be good.
0: Yeah.
1: If If you sell a record and sell a concert... They'll not you? We
0: we find that in the book writing world too. That if you want to professionally be published, yeah. the publisher wants you to have thirty thousand Instagram followers before they even go. talk to you.
1: There you go. You Same know, and if, if
0: you got to do all that work yourself, then why give them a cut? Well, <laughs> in today's I, world.
1: Well, I I, mm, I I want to tell this story, but I I'm scared to. But <laughs> I got a close friend that became very popular,
0: mm-hmm.
1: and he. Basically told Nashville what they could do with it. Yeah. And one of the guys, big wiggy in Nashville, told him, he said, uh, you know, you'll never work in this town. He said, I don't care. Yeah. So one of the big producers that works with another big artist called him. He said, I just want to talk to the guy that told uh, so-and-so to shove it up yeah. Nashville. <laughs> yeah, there you go. There you go. But yeah, this guy did very well, and now he owns a big part of the circle up there on the Marmium at 16th. So. Yeah. And I hope I didn't tell too much of that story. <laughs> no, well, you know,
0: Prince Prince became famous from his following on the Internet. Yeah. You know, and he he got rid of all of his... Yeah, that story.
1: one got a little bit more nasty. That was, I, sh- I really shouldn't have brought that one up because it was... Uh, but, but the truth being is that he had a following already. What yeah. did he need? Right. Nashville? Right. And, I mean, because... Uh, and, and not to say that Nashville didn't help him later on because he got tons of airplay and made just oodles of money, but... Right. Um,
0: but he had positioned himself to be where they they were chasing him. Exactly, and that makes a that's huge the point.
1: difference. That, that's the yes. whole. But he was talented, mm-hmm. and he had a hunger for it, and it was who he was. Yes, that's the thing that I stress to so many young people. They're so young that they don't know. You know, the dog ain't got run over. They ain't been You know, that, that yeah. kind of thing that makes you write a song.
0: Yeah, that gut. Yeah, that thing, and stuff. that extra yeah. thing,
1: mm-hmm. and that's not to say that they're not writing good songs. Right, but the great songs come from. A different place. They do. They okay. really do and uh, it's it's been a journey and, and matter of fact I, I hired a, a young guy the other day, he's 19, to come work at the Easter show down here. That's how far out I am already looking mm-hmm. and uh, I'm gonna try to help him because I think number one he's got it between the ears. Yeah. And uh, you know so many people want to be a star. Without any work. Yeah mm-hmm. and, and the thing about it is be who you are. It, it's fine mm-hmm. if it comes. And a, a friend of mine, Don Light in Nashville, told me one time, bless his heart, he's passed away now, but he bought Chet Atkins' building up on 17th. I was sitting in a meeting with him one day. He said, you know, Spook, he said, uh, if it's meant to happen, you can't stop it. He said, if it ain't supposed to happen, you can't force it.
0: I agree.
1: You know, you do things along the way, but you basically be who you are and try to move forward with the fate thing. And usually you'll land somewhere.
0: I agree, and I think, you know, to be fair to yourself, you have to define what you feel like success is and have reasonable definitions. Amen. And when you meet this one, then step it to the next level.
1: Uh, How you feel within your heart Mm -hmm. and your situation, you know? Mm -hmm. I've told people, so many people, oh, God, Spook, you've made it, you've made it. Well, that's a relative term.
0: Yeah.
1: As far as in the theater, being successful in the theater business, I've done... Decent at it.
0: Well, yeah. I'm
1: very thankful for this little theater and what we've done here, but uh, you know, I still have aspirations to write a number one song.
0: Sure.
1: To be a part of helping a young act come up. I -hmm. I have the studio, and uh, I've surrounded myself and landed where I've kind of landed. I could have stayed in Nashville, I could have worked in Nashville. Mm -hmm. Uh, I had a songwriting buddy of mine. He, He was a young songwriter, he used to come from Virginia. And he would drive down every Sunday mm-hmm. from Virginia, four hours one way. Yeah, And he would work with me, and he had whole, just all kind of uh, lyrics, and it went on for days. I said, man, number one, you've got to get to the hook as quick as you can, and the hook has to really support that vor- verse. And if you can put a bridge and do a twist on the end of it, and do all of that within three and three and a half minutes. That's not tough. 10 minutes. That's, <laughs> right.
0: That's tough. That's
1: kind of the outline.
0: Yeah.
1: Uh and yeah. uh but he kept coming back and, and each week I would hack up his songs and oh, you need to move this, you need to do that that chord progression blah blah blah. And, and uh about four or five weeks into it he came in and he threw the cassette on the on the table there. He said, "Go ahead and cut that one all to pieces." I said, "Well, I will." <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So I played it. And Took it out of the player and I handed it back to him. I said, "I can't suggest you to do anything to that song." He said, "Really?" I was like, "You took everything that I've told you." I said, "Now, with that said, you need to go get into Deep Water with songwriters in Nashville that are songwriter writers. You know, how do I do that?" I said, "Man, you have to move out there and you have to be a part of that."
0: Yeah, you do and, have to be part of the community. You do, regardless of what you write. You have and to be and part it's of relas- the
1: community. exactly. And yeah. it's a relationship town. So, yeah. You have to make the. You have to earn those relationships. Yes, and you have and they to don't let you into those groups mm-hmm. unless you mm-hmm. are capable. Well, about a week later, he called me. What you doing, buddy? I said, man, just hanging out. What's going on? He said, I got my family packed up. I'm moving to Nashville, Tennessee. Awesome. He well,
0: did have a passion for it.
1: He did. He went there and did it, and he did very well with it.
0: Good. He
1: made those connections, which took me into some another realm of people. Yeah. Uh, yeah, and he's doing well with it now. Uh, he, he continues to write. He went out there and, and, and did it for a while, but he also got a job, but he started making those connections. and uh, So that's, you know, I can't say it works like that anymore, but it, it still does in a way. Mm-hmm. I'm kind of looking at it from mm-hmm. over here now instead of right in the middle of it. Right. You know, being producing these shows, but uh, songwriting is a, a beautiful thing.
0: It is, absolutely. Now, you, you also write your shows that you perform here at the Rudy, so... It, Tell me a little bit about that process because we do have people interested in screenplay writing and different things. Yeah,
1: um, I've been approached about producing other projects, but you know, to produce a show, I call it a variety show. These shows have been around for a long time. I know. Uh, You know, you have your comedian Mm -hmm. and you have your uh, your stage, and the Mm -hmm. only difference is a lot of them do it. And the way they produce the show is that it, it's real nonchalant and real loosey-goosey.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Some of them have the lights, have millions million dollars worth of lights and production. And
0: mm-hmm.
1: I kind of fell in the middle of that. Right. Uh, we got a fast-paced show.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Uh, we got the lights. We got the sound and the PA. Uh, we only have about 465 seats. It's a small theater.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: But that plays in, in into another facet of it. Of uh, uh, It's more intimate. Right, you know, it's not a real big theater. You can right. have a couple hundred people. It's like you got a good crowd. Yeah, but in producing this show, they'll bring me. You know, I try to to pick the people. Number one, that want to be a part of a team, mm-hmm. that are not um, <coughs> big. Oh, that's fine. Uh, big headed and and want to be the star and, and outshine everybody else. Right. You know, it's all about uh, the, the live at the Rudy whatever production we're doing whether it's the Jubilee Christmas show or the Easter show or the country show or you know, we did a thing called Throwback Sounds of Summer and it went really good. But oh, nice. It's all facets of all kind of different musics and stuff like that that, uh, that we're, uh, we do here. And I get them to bring me songs. But I get them to bring a song that they want to do. And some of them send me more uh, than they need to send me sometimes. But... Sometimes they send me a song that might work for somebody else Mm
0: -hmm.
1: in a different part of the show as far as the tempo of the show or the continuity of it. Mm -hmm. And I try to be very particular about that and I try to be very particular about the audience Mm -hmm. because they're from eight to 80. Right. A lot of bus tour groups. We get a lot of uh, uh, church groups Mm -hmm. and they are the mainstay of what we have here at the Rudy. And Again, it's for people of all ages. It ain't just for older folks. Absolutely. and and we get them from all up down the East Coast. And like I said, it's been very, uh, I've done okay sitting still here mm-hmm. at this little theater. but. Um,
0: so you kind of let people, the people in the cast, yes. buy in by bringing you their ideas. And then you you kind of oversee it exactly. and put it together so that it flows and it makes sense. And the audience is entertained and it moves at the right pace. Perfect.
1: That's exactly the way to say it. Uh, mm-hmm. And in then, then doing that, depending on the person you have. mm mm-hmm. That don't want to try to manipulate you to get what they want to do. Right. I try to get what's best for the show.
0: Absolutely.
1: Now if it works
0: mm-hmm. and it
1: works out as something they want to do, that's great. But it don't always work out that way.
0: Right, and absolutely. That,
1: and that's where it comes to be having team players of people that respect my wishes as to the producer of the show. And uh, you know, and we were in the studio, the process mm-hmm. is we going to studio for two days mm-hmm. my studio up home in spring hope and we'll record the show
0: mm-hmm.
1: and then i make a cd for each person and then i have a amy stevenson comes in and does backgrounds along with fred and they do backgrounds for everybody and i turn those parts up mm-hmm. and send them to everybody mm-hmm. takes a lot of time i know all they have to do is learn the part and come in and do it right you know and Sometimes that don't quite happen. You can tell when they spent time with it, you Mm -hmm. know, and it slows down the process. But uh, we get compared to Branson. We get compared to Myrtle Beach, and uh, I'm honored. But at the same time, uh, those shows are outstanding.
0: Well, I've seen those, and I've seen yours, and Mm -hmm. I think yours stands shoulder to shoulder with any of them that they have out there. very
1: kind of you to say. I know a lot of people that work in those shows, and uh, they're very talented people they are uh, those productions are like I said the guy that started it down in Myrtle Beach Calvin Gilmore got a lot of respect for him what he's mm-hmm. done with those shows down there and and uh, he gets it I mean he 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 knew what he was doing when he did it and mm-hmm. I was just lucky enough to land at this little theater that was built in 1948 in a small town and that's where I landed at so I'm real happy and very proud and thankful
0: I produce a lot of horse shows things and we do an entertainment show and what I always tell people when they, they're they going to bring their animal, because you know with an animal, you never know what's going to happen, so sometimes I have to add lib a lot. But yeah, that's right. But the audience sees what you tell them that they're going to see. Yeah. And if you keep that persona and that vibe going, they won't see the things that you hope they didn't.
1: Yeah, the imperfect things. Yeah,
0: yeah. you know, they don't, they and don't care. And some of it you can't buy. hmm
1: I mean, we went out there, one girl went out there one night, and she had a nice, beautiful evening gown on, and then... She went out and did a comedy bit and had to black her teeth out. Mm -hmm. And she forgot that they were blacked out, went back and put another evening gown on. We were laughing on stage. You can't, that's entertainment. That's absolutely, I mean, it's real. That's right. You
0: know, people appreciate real.
1: I think so too. And and that's what we try to capture here. But at the same time, it's regimented to a degree. I know. Yeah, you've
0: seen it. Yes, yes. It's a precision show and it runs like clockwork. And, you, you know, no doubt how hard everybody works.
1: It's a lot of of wrangling and pulling together and finding the right mentality of those people that want to be a part of it. Mm -hmm. Nobody gets rich around here. Mm -hmm. They spend a lot of time away from their families, but they're feeding something inside of them that they have to feed for their families.
0: I agree. I think if you have that passion for writing or performing or whatever, if you don't do it, you'll cheat yourself.
1: And your family. Because yes. they'll see who...
0: You'll resent them because you you'll feel like they didn't let you do it.
1: Exactly. Mm-hmm. And I've seen people, uh, I've seen kids go to their, fam- to their mothers or their fathers and go, you know, when I was growing up watching you do this, I didn't get it. But now I'm so proud of you and, and what you've done. Mm-hmm. And you've instilled a worth ethic in me that if I want something to go after it.
0: Absolutely.
1: And that's where so many people miss trying to give a kid everything. or You know, I think quality time is a whole lot better than quantity time.
0: I agree with you 100% on that. For folks breaking into, say, the songwriting business, Mm -hmm. what kind of advice would you give them?
1: Well, they've got a lot of stuff online now that I didn't have. And uh, I would suggest that they go online and find many of these uh, songwriting workshops Mm -hmm. and kind of introduce yourself through that. Be careful of the wolves out there. Mm -hmm. There's a lot of people... That'll take your songs from you if you don't properly, you know, to do, I think the poor man's copyright's out in one and That doesn't that stand up anymore, but if it's documented on a computer, that's, that's as good as you need, mm-hmm. so to speak. Until, if you were lucky enough to get a song cut by somebody else, they would re-copyright it. Mm-hmm. And that's the way that works. Right. But my question is, uh, do I let the song sit in the corner over here, or do I let Alan Jackson do it? <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. But then I try to get in some songwriting groups, mm-hmm. and uh, you'll find your way through those groups. You'll find some of them that it won't fit, it won't be a good fit. And then you'll find somebody, and then you're going to find people like me that are usually cut your songs all to pieces and don't mean to, but hurt your feelings. Mm-hmm. But I have found out that I had somebody be honest with me and that goes a whole lot farther than patting you on the back and telling you it's good, and then you falling in a hole later on. I
0: agree. You know, if you want your plant to grow, you got to trim the dead stuff off of it. Exactly. And if you don't, it won't.
1: Just <laughs> like I told them. I, I tell them, you know, don't take my word for it. I'm just spooked.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: If I'm wrong, you, you may end up being a great songwriter, but, you know, don't take it. Go, keep going. Don't let me stop you. Mm-hmm. You know, and that's true, but if you ask my opinion, as I see that particular day, what you've given me, it's not—it's only fair, to be honest with that person.
0: I agree, and I think a lot of people don't realize that, you know, regardless of the kind of writing you do, it's a craft, and you have to hone it and get better at it and learn, and it's changing all the time, too, so you have to stay current. Yeah. I mean, you have to work at it. All the talent in the world won't take you anywhere if you don't practice, you know, the kind of the rules and the the stuff.
1: That's so true. <laughs> at the same time... There's this thing called luck. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Being in the right place. Story I heard on this, how true it is, I don't know, but uh, Neil Sedaka mm-hmm. had a songwriting partner, and they wrote a song for a songwriting contest, and when they got there, they had worked on this song and worked on it, worked on it. It's perfect. So they were going to submit it, when they got there, they said, you got to have two songs to be in the contest to submit it.
0: Uh-oh. <laughs>
1: and they said, well, what do we do? They said, well, you know, let's run out to the car and we'll write another song. You know what it was? What? Where the boys are. I'll be
0: darned. <laughs> <laughs>
1: so there's a, there's a craft to it, but there's also a...
0: Luck. Mm-hmm. A luck
1: and mm-hmm. a simplicity to it, too. You True. can get too deep, you know. Mm-hmm. and uh, uh, You know, there are the fun songs, and then there are the serious songs. And uh, you just have to find your way through it and, and, and pray a lot and trust in the Lord. And, and like you say, uh, you know, you'll land somewhere. If mm-hmm. the heart and passion is there, don't give up and keep moving forward.
0: Absolutely. And what about screen show production-wise, writing a show and making that happen? What kind of advice would you give to people that were interested in that, even if it was something like their church show? Yeah, well, that
1: totally depends, like you just said, on what kind of show you're doing. And uh, I think the biggest thing is to get people that are committed and organized to listen to one person and follow their direction. hmm uh, if you got four or five people trying to do something, it usually makes a mess. It usually ends up in, you know, somebody being mad. Mm-hmm. And uh, But find the right people that are committed to support whatever you're doing and that'll work together and that are friends. Mm-hmm. And you'd be surprised what will come out of that natural spirit that you share with each other. Mm-hmm. Uh, when we started doing the TV show here, I saw real quick we didn't have actors. hmm And it was going to be a reality thing, so I started trying to figure out how to uh, get it done, recreate things that had happened. And I started letting people just be their self, and and, uh, it turned out to be okay.
0: Now when you did your TV show, did you write scripts for everybody?
1: I did, uh, well, to some degree. Mm -hmm. Uh, I would say I'd get the camera guys, I said, now look guys, y'all know your camera angles and you know this, this is what I'm trying to accomplish. And then I would say, This is the story I want to tell. You be you. And you walk into the frame and, and we'll go with it and just. And we'd start, and I'd say cut, and right. something was said and not. But uh, you told me something, and another person told me, Save your B roll. Yeah. <laughs> Always. <laughs> and we had some real good outtakes and stuff with that. But you know, I, I figured it out real quick because songwriting and performing and producing uh, so many different hats
0: yes it is you been it's amazing that you've been able to wear all three very successfully
1: well to some degree but I, I was lost in that TV thing there for a while but a friend of mine in, in Nashville he passed away now Joe Metters, he was a publicist and Joe said he called me up he said you've been making some phone calls around town so I heard about it and I was like yeah he said let me tell you a piece of advice he said as long as you've been in this business. You know your business better than anybody else does. See it through your mind and your vision, and make it like you want it.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: If it's good, great. If it's bad, yeah, same thing. You know, you did it.
0: Yeah.
1: And that's what I did, and it made all the difference in the world. And you know, the regimented part of it. So many times here, the pie plate here, commercial going here. That's a lot. I know. And <laughs> uh, and uh, you know, you can go to school for it, but I still believe that there's a thing you got to have extra to make the art happen
0: I agree I think you have to have a feel for it yeah. you know and you have to you have to look at it when you're when I when I am editing and, and when I'm directing too when people are doing my shows you got to be able to look at it through your people watching its eyes, exactly. You know, and not how, not necessarily how I want it or how I think it should be, yeah. But what makes sense,
1: yeah. What and, works for them, and yeah. how
0: can my audience follow this? Is it going to be too far above their head, you know, or is it going to be so beginner that they're bored? You know, I mean, there's a lot. And that's a
1: concern there.
0: Absolutely,
1: yeah. am absolutely. Am I doing it right? Yeah. I get it. Yeah. I totally get it.
0: Yeah. Well, any other parting words of advice for folks?
1: No, just uh, if you love it, do it.
0: All right. All right. Now, when does the the next show start?
1: Well, we got one more. uh, I think on the 13th, we got one more classic country show. Mm -hmm. But our big season is coming up. Uh, The Christmas show starts November the 1st, and we'll run through December the 27th.
0: Okay.
1: And with matinee and evening performances. And uh, you can go online to uh, rudytheater.com and make a reservation there now.
0: Any sneak details you can give us to make us want to come?
1: Well... I think the Grinch is going to show up this year. All right. Yeah, Santa Claus is going to be here. All right. Uh, uh, Leroy the Redneck Reindeer is going to be
0: awesome awesome well you know I've seen your show a thousand times and I can I I, I like to come twice yeah. I like to come at the beginning of the season to get my mind right for the season
1: a lot of people do and yes. I
0: love to come to your last show yeah,
1: and see the difference
0: uh-huh. and, and just you know because everybody's so relaxed and everybody's in that mood well they've
1: been through so much of it it's kind of second nature to them that's yeah. like a well greased machine yeah and some of those things happen that we talked about
0: yeah you know and you can kind of laugh about it not worry because you know yeah yeah so folks out there listening you know do yourself a favor if you're anywhere near Selma North Carolina buy a ticket make a trip the area is worth visiting come spend the weekend with us
1: sounds good thank you Russ
0: thank you I appreciate you being on the show today yep I hope you enjoyed today's episode everybody has a story just let your mind drift away and find yours I know it's out there what are you waiting for